Hey, everybody, welcome to the show, episode 83. Tyler Wilkinson. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash apologue. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. What are we, 1982? Regardless. There's tons of books on there. Actually, there's a, there's a, the Elvis Costello biography that I've been trying to read is actually there, and I think I'm just going to get it so I can listen to it in my car. That's the joy of audiobooks, everybody, with Audible. You can listen to it anywhere in your car, and it looks like you're working. You can do it at your desk, and it looks like you're working. It's like podcasts. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audible. <laughs> it tells me to say that. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash for your free audiobook. This episode is also brought to you by Amazon. Go to apologue.ca and click on the banners located on the right side. Locate your country. If you're Canada, from Canada, USA, or the UK, click on those things. Bookmark the link banners. Every time you shop on Amazon, use the links to shop and support the show, and it costs you no extra money. Patreon.com slash is a place to pledge as little or as much as you want on a monthly basis to help my hosting fees and my gas fees. You can cancel at any time, and I have patrons, and they are Michael Pitts, Curtis Pippin, and Mark Peralta. These guys are very, very helpful to the show, and I appreciate every little penny they drop into this bucket. Thank you so much. And you can go there, too. Pledge the show. InsightRecorders.com. Now dealing with download codes. You need download codes to sell virtual copies of your album over the merchandise table. Insight, that's me, will help you set up a customized page with your branding for your customers to both download and purchase your music. Also, Insight Recorders deals with online mixing. Uh, you can send your recorded album to Insight and it'll be mixed and mastered and will add the professional touch. So there's other services available like recording. I actually do that. Go to insightrecorders.com for rates and more details. Apologue.ca slash shop is a place to buy stuff. You can, oh, you hear the printer take off there? My 3D printer just took off. Pre-order the new acoustic album that I'm presently in the midst of recording. You can buy a t-shirt and you can buy the four square discography for $20. And I think it was like 70 odd songs for 20 bucks. Like the show on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash pod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Thanks so much, everybody, for last week for for the awesome Brian Doherty episode that everybody really gave me a lot of good positive feedback on. And this one will not disappoint. This is Tyler Wilkinson from the band called Small Town Pistols. He also was in a family band from the late 90s, early 2000s called The Wilkinsons. Wilkinsons were a band, a family band, that went down to Nashville out of nowhere, just on a whim. Not on a whim, it was kind of a thing. Followed their dreams, made it happen, got a record deal. They've been nominated for Grammys, Junos, awards, and they're very cool people. I had Amanda on the show about a month and a half ago. She was cool, and I hope this won't, do, won't disappoint. This is Tyler Wilkinson, the brother of Amanda Wilkinson, the son of Steve Wilkinson, who I'm trying to get Steve maybe on the show too and make it a, like a, I don't know, like a three-part thing. Everybody, enjoy this episode. It's a long one with Tyler Wilkinson from the Small Town Pistols on the Applog Podcast.
tell you it's powerful is that that cup. You got a powerful cup there. My cup, I, I, I'm starting a collection um, ever since Blake, my oldest son, started school. We are doing cups with his face on them. That's brilliant. And by the time, and we're going to do it until he graduates. Maybe until he graduates college or That'd university. And uh, he's going to hate us, but then he's going to love us because we're going to have like 20 cups with every his face day, on Every it. year there's a new cup and yeah. you can unveil it. We really want to get really crazy. Our school takes fall photos and spring photos. Ooh. We could get two cups a year. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that's just pushing it. That's a little it. over the top. That, that, maybe a little. It. Yeah, yeah, definitely maybe a little too involved. Yeah. We don't want to seem like super crazy parents. No. Just, just the ones that <laughs> get a cup enough. every single year. Just enough. So you've moved here uh, to your new place, and it's i got to say it's pretty awesome. It's got, it's got this old town feeling it must be a really old building right it's a really old victorian home yeah um yeah and it's it's totally our vibe and our style we moved from a really old building to a really old home yeah i'm a little disappointed that our radiators don't make any creepy noises though oh well they will well i guess you're coming right into the part where they'll start to turn off but i think in the fall they do make those noises i've been in places like this in the fall and just like crack, yeah oh yeah I'm just scare your children. Our, our, we have a clawfoot tub, and when it drains, it sounds like a demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you just get moved in. Everything's everything's working out. Everything's all settled good in. Neighbors. I mean, good, great neighbors. Yeah. I mean, they're not a. They're not, we we really lucked out. I mean, they're they're saying, "Oh, we hope we're not playing our music too loud." I'm like, "Sweet, we hope our you know one year old child doesn't wake you up at seven o'clock in the morning." Yeah. yeah well, it seems pretty solid enough. I don't th- I don't think unless you're clomping through like with like stamping your feet no and i also think uh, you know this floor is like three floors like they've never decided to just like strip down just the original hard it's it stacking it up it's actually one nine on foot high ceilings but we're at the eight <laughs> foot mark now exactly yeah 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 well enough about you and your home thanks for yeah thanks for letting me come over uh it was a w- wonderful drive for once i get to actually do something i want to do for the day and come speak to you and sweet talked about you and your music uh what you're doing what you've done What's in the future? Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm looking forward to this summer. We're gonna have fun yeah. time. You know, we're gonna play a play a bunch of shows and cause a bunch of ruckus. <laughs> it's a bunch of shows, but it's not a bunch of bunch of shows, which I think is kind of nice for for being a family guy and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's nice. I mean, to not have your your schedule completely full, and it's nice that most of them are weekend shows, so mm-hmm. gotta go away. And there's a lot of Ontario gigs too, so that means you know some of the family can come out to them. Yeah, always good times. It feel like I'm an extra like entourage type person when it's like your family shows up because it's like it feels special to me because you have such a history with your family and everybody comes to your shows and it's like it's almost like a uh, I don't know. I and I've never seen anything like that. Like how a family can be so tight knit, come to shows and enjoy it and then, you know, your dad obviously comes and plays music with you and writes songs with you and that's a very tight bond. I think it's tough to tough to break. Oh yeah, I mean, I think because music has been such a strong part of our lives um, since I was, you know, I first started, even before I started singing with my dad and my sister, I mean, we still enjoyed music, we still sat around and, you know, I would sing, I think the earliest they have a memory of me singing or like videotape me singing or anything like that, I think it was like three years old, <laughs> four years old, and uh, so, I mean, it's gone back that far, I mean, almost almost 30 years. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I don't think music's anything that's ever going to go away in our family. I mean, I think we, 
we might evolve and change in the way we approach it and our involvement with it. But I think it's something that will always be a a core part of, of who we are as a family. That's for sure. Yeah, it definitely, it defines your name as, as a family too, because the Wilkinson's obviously, you know, an important Canadian facet to the the music industry and, you know, and the whole story, because I had Amanda on the show, like, I think it was almost a month ago now, but she told a story about going down to Nashville and like, just basically just up and moving and that's a huge thing like that's a huge move for for a family to move you know because you know what it's like you're you're a guy who's played music your whole life and and for you up until about a couple years ago you could just say i'm just gonna go be a musician i'm gonna do this yeah i mean i i think i'm kind of in um a little bit of a similar you know position that dad was in back in the day i mean my goal right now is is to get back down to Nashville and start writing full time mm-hmm. and have that be, you know, an element of who I am as a songwriter and a performer and as an artist. Um, because I think that I have so much more to say other than just, you know, small town pistol stuff. I mm-hmm. think I can, you know, I enjoy writing multiple genres and, um, so it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, now, like, like I said, if this was four years ago, I just would have been like, Bye guys. Yeah. See that, ya. That's kind of what it was like, anyways. Gonna right? go, gonna go live live in Nashville and yeah. eat ramen noodle and <laughs> not, you know, do a little couch diving and try yeah. and write some hit music. And now it's like you know you have to have everything in in play and you have to have a solid plan for what you're gonna do. Um, yeah, and it's a little scary. You never know what's gonna happen. But I mean, the great thing is is I have my wife Erin, who's like unwaveringly supportive of my songwriting and me as an artist so I mean that I mean if there's any kickback at all it would sure would be hard to even try and approach the subject at all yeah it would be a whole different facet too because you you're you are music you live music you music's always obviously in your head it, you can still find a way even if there was some like commitment that kept you right here forever saying that you know you have to be here at least you you still have it up here and you can still create it yeah, at any capacity, you know. Oh yeah, I don't think it's ever going to go away. No. Um, there's a there's a uh, songwriter producer um, mentor of mine named Ralph Murphy, and uh, he was for the longest time was one of the heads of ASCAP in Nashville, and he's he's a Canadian. I uh, produced like April Wine and and a bunch of Canadian bands, and he always takes me out for for lunch and dinner when I'm in when I'm in Nashville, and I he's always curious about my future and where, where I see things going and whatnot. And he always says, baby, you're a lifer. <laughs> you're never going to get out of the stuff. I'm a lifer. He's yeah. like, is in any, you know, in some form or, you know, facet, you're going to be a part of music and music is going to be a part of you because you live it. And it's part, it's part of your soul. That's very important. It's very important because I've, I've met some people who are just a little bit, a little bit jaded, been through the ringer, don't appreciate it and feel that music owes them something and i don't get that from you guys i don't get it from you or amanda that you know you've put into music and music's given you back tenfold whether it be you know awards or accolades or even financial reasons it's it's always given back to you or has been every time in your life where it hasn't i think the only time that you're you know maybe are going to try and strut your 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 musical accolades mm-hmm. is maybe if you're getting some form of disrespect from somebody who you know but I mean even then it just I, I it's easier for me to walk away <laughs> you know because I if you don't understand and you know don't think that 
you know who I am. I I I'm I never want to ever be one of those people that's like, do you know who I am? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'd rather just get up there and do what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I I think it's humble beginnings too, right? Because your family started as a. It was it was it Amanda. And your dad, and then you were like, what was your role in the early part of the Wilkinsons? My dad started playing music um, in some like bands around town, and then Amanda started joining him. And I would sing at home, but not really in any type of real capacity. And then um, I believe it was the Tweed Fair. Amanda uh, was singing at some singing on stage at something, and my grandfather, uh, my well, I call my grandfather, but my pops. He uh he says he says to me he's like you know she's getting paid for this and I'm like well, what <laughs> hold up she's getting paid like you could sing and make money and I'm, what's weird is I'm not really a, a money hungry yeah. greedy person but I like I maybe maybe at like five years old or six years old however old I was Wait I was like minute. what five dollars are you kidding me <laughs> and he's like if you get up there and sing I'll, I will give you five dollars and I'm like. Done. I literally <laughs> strutted my butt up to the stage, and I walked up there and told him I wanted to sing "Ball and Chain" by Paul Overstreet, and the rest is history. Because I think getting up on stage, I it, 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 it lit a fire, man. Yeah. It it did so, it did something to me, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I don't even really want to even compare it to this, but it might be like a drug addict's first time. They they <laughs> they they do a, their drug of choice, and they're yeah. like, "I'm done." Yeah, and you, you know, know, I mean, I mean, in the best way possible, this is my drug. And the, you know, the young ones always get the bigger claps, you know, because I've worked a lot of shows, and the little guy gets up there, and they're all like, "Yeah!" And that's they're feeding you. Dad always said, <laughs> "What do you say? Don't perform with children or, or animals." Yeah, it's true. So you're always going to get the bigger applause. That's true. That's true. I mean, there's we. Do, I do a lot of these dance competitions, and the little girls are out there, and they're just kicking their feet. You around. do the dance competitions? I don't do. I well, <laughs> maybe. I work a lot of I've them. I've seen you you stretch your stuff, I but I mean, I didn't know you're competitive. I well, I'm competitive at everything, Tyler. <laughs> okay. I really try my best. Is that to, when Tone A comes out? That Tone A. We can't explain <laughs> Tone A yet. I tried to explain Tone A to my coworkers, actually. Maybe we should just start try that now. Tone A, well, let's, I, maybe we should just go back. The story is, is that I had a particular, I'm the tour manager, front of house person for your band, Small Town Pistols. We've been, that's about, what, my fourth year now? Fourth year. Fourth year. Somewhere around two years ago, there was one particular person who was working for one of the festivals who happened to be the PA guy. And I contacted him about the PA, I think, three months or two months in advance. Can can we call him Mr. PA Hole? We should. <laughs> yes, we can. Okay. And, uh, you know, the, fe- the the show was in a field. It was literally in a, in a cornfield. So regardless, he was very high up on himself and was li- giving me two worded answers like, I don't know, or I maybe, or so finally he got so mad at me because I just said, listen, I just want these questions. I don't want... J- Sorry, just to be clear, are we still talking about Mr. P.A. Hole? Yeah, P.A. Hole. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I just, I just had some questions. You're not giving me the answers. And then he basically went to your agent and said, who is this guy? Why is he contacting me? And who's this? And then it turned out to be like, I guess it was all confusion. He wasn't the promoter. You guys thought it was the promoter. So you're like going, holy crap, don't, don't go against the promoter. And I'm like, he's just the PA guy. He's the PA hole. <laughs> so, so anyways, my idea was just to show up that day of the show dressed in short shorts, hot pink short shorts, a little 
bow around my neck and a little tiny cowboy hat to the left. And I was going to be called Tony. And I would say, I don't necessarily mix sound. I see it. And just fuck with the guy all day. That was my... Basically just <laughs> give him the complete opposite of what he thought he was ready for. But no, I wasn't even me. I wasn't that guy because I thought maybe he wanted to kick my ass or something. So I thought, well, I'll go as this other person because he doesn't know what I look like. So I'll just go as Tone. We never did it, but we've always threatened to break Tone out. He'll come out eventually. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe this year, you know, who knows. But it, it'll be a sight. But I said there needs to be cameras involved. Oh, definitely. We need to make something out of this because it's not going to be just me. It's going to be a whole Tone world. has <laughs> more ego than than the whole entire I'm going to flip out. I'm going to wreck dressing rooms. <laughs> I have to apologize for, listen, he, our tour manager, he really, he's just really particular. And, yeah. you know, yeah. those scented candles, they're not mm. actually for us. They're for him. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know. Uh, and I'll speak the about one myself. The four, four, $400 candle is for, <laughs> our, is for our road manager. I'll speak about myself in the third person. Tone A. Yeah, but that guy got real. Anyways, that guy got super angry. And actually, what do you say? What was the it, quote You uh, that I couldn't couldn't boil water? Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he said, oh, man. It was something like that. Like, you couldn't boil water. You couldn't. Whatever. Yeah, that was fun. Though. But the funny thing was, is we got all worked up, and all of us are driving out here, there to that show, getting all riled up about <laughs> this guy that we think we're gonna have a street battle with <laughs> in backstage. And all of a sudden, we get there, and he's not even there. It's yeah. like, and the guys that are all running the show are awesome, the nicest people yeah, ever, super, super sweet. And we're like, yeah. wow, we worked ourselves yeah. up. That we, was for nothing. They I actually... brought my switchblade and put on my leathers, man. <laughs> my chain, ready to go. <laughs> But it turns out he took the day off that day because the promoter said, hey, listen, you've riled up a lot of feathers here. You've ruffled a lot of feathers. Maybe just don't come in tomorrow. And it was his son at front of house. Yeah. And I think he might have squeaked his head by because they were like, how's it going? And he's like, oh, it's great. You know what I mean? Because it was like, it literally was. Like, we're not, I'm not, you know, whatever. I don't ever throw that, do you, you know who I am? Like we were talking about before. Anytime, I mean, I think we've only ever gotten like two complaints about you being on the road. Anytime we've gotten them, it's been so like, like shake my head. Like what? Like Simon? Him? The guy who, the guy who's like ever trying to please everybody and make, and make the show just go as smoothly as possible. He's yeah. the one that's, that's causing waves. Yeah. Well, you know, it's fine. Everybody can complain. I don't, you know. It's fun. It's it's a fun thing to do, but it is also, you know. You're just having a tone day. Just having a tone day. You know, but the other thing, too, is I've worked for bands that are much, definitely much harder to work for. So if I might blow some smoke, sir, it's it's a joy. Always. Oh. Work with you guys. Always. Always. Because you've been there. You've done it. You know, like, have all this great history behind you, and you have such a good knowledge of the of how music works. Not just the playing part, but the actual business part of it so it's good it's good to know it's good it's simpatico me things yeah man we have a we have a great time on the road i i you know there's been certain people that we've worked with before that have you know especially sound i mean i'm not i'm not putting you in this category but sound guys man they can be weird <laughs> they can be really weird yeah i was told we're particular we had this one guy one time and he only we were out on like an eight show run and he literally four of the shows we had we had wireless mics at the time this was with the wilkinsons uh four of the shows he didn't we literally went out there on stage and started singing none of the mics were turned on oops and we look over and he's taking pictures side stage 
and not stand me standing behind beside behind the monitor board. And one time our drummer, um, our drummer was uh was fairly famous in like the eighties rock world of like playing on a bunch of like really killer, mm-hmm. well known rock tracks. And at one point he uh he's calling for our, for our our monitor guy, and he's like, I need more snare. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, Neil, I need more snare. And finally, the third time, he just takes a drumstick from his spare bag mm-hmm. and hucks it, and he corks Neil right in the head with it. <laughs> and he was just like, you know, and you know, this, the, the sad thing is, like, some people might be looking on and be like, whoa, 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 what's yeah, going yeah. on? But, like, they don't know the behind the story because, oh, yeah. like, he's, like, literally, like, you know, and, and this guy, too, we'd get on the bus, and um, we had one really long stretch of mm-hmm. road. And he wanted to pull out his guitar and sit cross legged and sing um and, and, and sing Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> like everybody's like, Man, we just wanna maybe watch some T V and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, music's done it, for now. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the strangest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. We I had a tour manager I worked for once that wore a pith helmet. You wore you know those those helmets for going in the safari? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hunter S. Thompson kind of his helmet kind yeah. of thing, and uh, he was so angry at the world that he would like. Okay, so we're leaving. I don't know. You've done the drive, Sault Ste. Marie to Thunder Bay. Yeah, cell phones always switch off about yeah. twenty kilometers north of Sault Ste. Marie. I don't know what it's like now, but we had to stop and make a phone call. So we pulled the bus over just as we're leaving Sault Ste. Marie to call someone in Winnipeg. He wakes up. Who stopped the bus? Nobody stops the bus. I tell when the bus stops. <laughs> and the bus driver's like, hey, man, I had, to, I had to take a piss anyways. It's no big deal. And he goes, no, you stop. And I and he starts losing <laughs> yeah. it. And um, the drummer um, from, oh, Steve from Sum 41 is like, relax, dude. He goes, you shut up, you little fuck. He's <laughs> yelling at him. And like, so finally, and the, the one guy in the other band takes it. Okay, let's go outside for a second. And he just sits and calms him down because he was going to quit there and then just for stopping the bus, right? And he's like, Nobody tells the bus when to stop. I don't want the bus to stop. It's like, wow, what happened in life? Why are you so What mad? if we're on E, dude, and we need to get <laughs> yeah. gas? Like, no. I can only look through the little window. Oh, he, man. Yeah, he was just like. Betcha that was so, an adventure. Oh, this guy the whole way through, too. And uh, they had a lot of problems with this guy. Which bunk did he take? That says a lot about uh, people. Oh, t- front left. Front left middle? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, he was the asshole. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's usually that's usually this the the strange bunk. Yeah, yeah, and oh, think, there's the back think... left or back right, which is usually by the back lounge, which is always like TV noise and yeah. people walking through and hitting the. Which bunk did you always take? I was sort of middle bottom. Because middle middle bottom underneath. Yeah. The... Oh, did you have like three rows? Yeah, of... we had oh. the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a Banford bus back in the day. See, I w- I was always. Back row, closest to the back lounge. Yeah, yeah. Left hand side, bottom. Feet forward. Feet forward. Always feet forward. Oh yeah, you'd slam on the brakes, you break your <laughs> neck, man. <laughs> Rather break my feet than my neck. <laughs> we had uh, we had one time where we were in Vancouver and we parked on a hill, and in my head, because well, actually, Asen was down, so I turned for my head to go the other way for like for some reason. So when you sleep a certain way and you get out, you always sort of put your arm out where the opening is. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning because I'd flipped around. I'm like, there's a wall. <laughs> and I'm like, go, go, go. Who, who fucking locked me in this thing? And I'm like, ah, they start flipping out. I'm in a coffin. I'm like, ah. And then I look and I'm like, oh, never mind. And then pull the curtain back. 
Yeah, bus touring is always fun, man. Um, I we had I, this we had this um this tour manager one time named David, and one one night he was having a crazy nightmare, and he's like, ah, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> ah, and finally, someone's like, David, you're on the fucking bus. <laughs> he's like. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good night, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. I used to sleepwalk. Sorry about that. I was sleepwalking once. We were in Europe, and I got up, and I'm like just in my underwear, and I go to the back of the bus, and everybody's still partying in the back of the bus, and I sat down, and I'm like, what's going on, everybody? You're like, are you, are you awake? I have no memory of this. I don't know what's going on, man. Like, And then they go, okay, go to bed. So I'm like, okay. And I have no recollection of any of this stuff because I was sleepwalking. I never sleptwalk on a bus before. It's, but that would uh, be a dangerous place to sleepwalk because yeah. if you think about it, you, and you're stopped, yeah. you sleepwalk out, just you just leave. Walk, walk out, <laughs> they leave you. I always stay within my confounds. Like, I think my, my whole sleepwalking thing was like if I could touch the wall or whatever, then like you know, then I could find out where I was going. But I was in the back bunk with these guys are all hanging out playing video games and stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, hey, guys, what's up? You know? Yeah, for the longest like duration on a bus, like you know, we toured as the Wilkinsons for the first like two years. It was like you know, two hundred and some odd days on the road. So yeah. like, and I was like fourteen years old. So my my bus antics were just hijinks the whole entire time, hiding in bus, hiding in bunks, jumping out, scaring people. <laughs> my you know, my big thing was to like run from one section of the bunk to the other, grab the top bunk, and flip around. Yeah, yeah. Like just <laughs> yeah. like people yeah. thought it was just like a playhouse there well, at all yeah. times. 14 years old on a tour with your band, it must have been pretty freaking surreal too, right? Like, hey, here I am. I'm the, the All the sums of the, the equal parts made that sum of you being able to go on these tours with your dad. Because your dad, yeah. kind of, you know what I mean, wrote these great songs. And then that became, and then you went down to Nashville, got a record deal. It all happened fast, right? Really fast. Yeah. I mean, getting the whole record deal um, when we moved down there. I think it was like three weeks after we moved down that mm. we actually started to get offers. Um, and we, like said, Manda told the story. So I mean, read, but it's read right it. time, right place. Oh my gosh! That, yeah. I mean, but that's most most yeah. of the success stories in yeah. the music industry. I mean, it's 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 pretty crazy because I mean, a lot of it comes down to luck and timing, and not so much talent. I mean, talent yeah. will talent will you know will always find its place. Yeah, but I mean for for crazy stories like that, I think it's a lot of timing. You're giving people what they want to hear. You're giving a lot of people what they want to hear. And then that's it, it, that's the luck part is that they all happen to be thinking the same thing. Like, we want some of that because we're sick of that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how music always, the trends always happen is people like, we don't want to hear any more Backstreet Boys. Okay, we've heard enough of that. What's this band? You know, or we've heard enough Guns N' Roses. What's this band called Nirvana? We love that. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, let's get more of that. And then, then people finally go, you know what? I've seen enough flannel. Let's get the Backstreet Boys in. Or yeah. let's get some country or let's get something else. Exactly. You know? They look elsewhere because we're, as creatures, we're pretty, uh, you know, pretty OCD, you know. Oh, yeah. I think with the music industry especially, it's like one of those things where people gorge on one sound and then all of a sudden it's just like mm -hmm. that sound is done and you know they you find those sounds some some of them find their classics yeah. you know some of them they're going to be like oh yeah i remember that song mm -hmm. but i mean other ones are going to be like classic songs i mean and that's i think that's where the you know the cream rises to the top you got to find you got to you know yeah make the best or if you're the first right i mean usually if you're the first i mean that's going to be you know you're the identifying 
person who makes that sound, right? Yeah, you, you're the one that you know perpetuated the change. the The other thing too is that when you're like the way the industry of music works is that there's a bunch of people that sort of have a, a lot of say, or it's changing now, but there was a lot of people that had a lot of weight and they were like the tastemakers and they would say, let's see what this can go because they're seeing a trend and then they will sign a hundred bands that sound like what they think the trend's going to be. Like remember when Emo was going to make it? Remember when Emo was going to be the next big thing? Oh yeah. Yeah. So they signed a lot of emo bands, and then all of a sudden people were like, eh, they made so much emo bands, you know. And then they went, okay, let's try something else. It's not so much like that anymore, really. I, I think with like me, social media and people taking control of their, all of their own careers, I think I think it's changing. I think the music industry in general is evolving to people have to live. People live now on an iPod-based listening system. Um, so we can't assume that everybody just listens to, you know, one genre specifically. I mean, um, I think that's the kind of cool thing about the music industry now is like, I mean, I've always been interested in everything, but I mean, I'm seeing people around me who weren't always into certain genres going like, oh, that's kind of cool. But it's like, it's a shuffle. We live in a shuffle world, right? Mm. Like you, I mean, most people, when they put on their music, they, you can hear like five or six different genres. Yeah. Um. Now, if radio would kind of prescribe to that, I think that would be friggin' cool, because yeah. I mean, I, radio back in the kind of golden era of music was never genre specific. Mm-hmm. You could hear you know, your country music with your pop music, with your rock music. Um, all together, I think I think when we start labeling things too closely, um, we start to water down, you know, our musical palette, as you, as you could say. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and to your point with, with mixing genres together and trying to come up with a super hybrid genre, there's nothing like good old time Hank Williams Sr., yeah, right? there's nothing like that. Like, and and so in the purest form, and then a lot of people say, "No, my purest is you know is George yeah. Jones or, or, or." Well, that that's it. I mean, like, I think nobody's gonna say my country is Florida Georgia Line. That's my country. They'll say I like that music. Well, you know, I think some of the younger younger generations will. You I think? really do. I think people who are maybe in their teens or early twenties right now, they're going to say Florida Georgia Line is my country. They they probably never will know. I mean, hopefully, the maybe only thing the back. only thing you can hope and pray for is like, um, because I don't think that there's anything wrong with Florida Georgia Line. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think is is um, it fills is a, a void. Is a constant diet of that what I want to hear well no that's not what I want to hear but I think it's part of the it's part of the flavor man it's all it's all part of the flavor if I could listen to country station um you know because we're you know we're talking about country specific right now if I could listen to country station where I could hear Florida Georgia line and I could hear an old school you know Susie Boggess, um, Kathy Matea song from the from the nineties, and then I could go and hear a Brad Paisley song from the you know early two thousands, yeah. and then we could go back. You know, if you could truly find a station that's really going to mix all the genres and be okay with it, and not just try and fill things with what's happening right now, 
Um, man, that would be that would be fantastic because what yeah. I've always said about the genre that that I've grown to love and I the genre that I feel like I feel most at home with, um, is that country music should never ever be made up of one particular sound. It should it should share because I mean the best analogy is for me it's like somebody said, Oh, I like I like whipped cream, right? Like, oh, so we're listening to country music. Country music is, you know, started out as a pie. And they're like, oh, I like whipped cream. And, you know, because cause they got a little bit of whipped cream on their blueberry pie. And now it's like, okay, I like, well, Simon likes whipped cream. Mm-hmm. He loves, okay, so let's like give him a couple more scoops the next time he has pie. And then, okay, the next time he has pie, we're just going to load it all up with, with the whipped cream. The next thing you know, it's just a pie shell with whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's not well, exactly. Hold up. That's yeah. not exactly what what I what I liked about it, and that's what I'm saying. I think we should have our Chris Stapletons. We should have our Marin Morris. We should have our Florida Georgia Line. Our Luke Bryant. Our you know, uh, Sergio Simpson. Um, we should have all of these different flavors in the country music genre. They should all share a place because they make they make up the complete sound. If you listen to pop music. There's no discriminating. I mean, That's literally, true. you can listen. There's no, there's no, if you listen to pop music for a week, sure, they may play the same songs several times, but that's every radio station. Mm-hmm. But there's no discriminating. I mean, if you listen to like Britney Spears sounds nothing like Sam Smith and Justin Bieber sounds nothing like Sam Smith and none of them sound anything like Chainsmokers mm-hmm. and then none of them sound anything like Ellie Goulding and yeah. it's like and it's like man there's no discrimination it's yeah. like literally a, a mixing pot of 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 music and I think that that all genres should should be that way yeah and, and pop music music used to be the Beatles <laughs> you know what I mean yeah like, you know and that that, that rock is, music used to be the Eagles and yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much country now yeah it's true it's true there's uh my new favorite country artist is uh Wheeler Walker Jr. He's, Wheeler Walker Jr. it's uh alter ego of Ben Hoffman and oh he, really? He's got an album called Redneck Shit. I'll play it a little bit. Before. Oh nice! It is. Remember that stuff we just knew in the dressing room? Yes. Is that amped up? Oh okay. <laughs> so it's so it's, it's outlaw so it's, country with uh, more outlaw. Yeah. It's definitely not going to be played uh, on radio anytime pushes soon. Pushes some boundaries. Couple yeah. couple boundaries yeah, pushed. He's, he's not talking about. He's like he's got one song called The Family Tree, uh, where he's talking about. <laughs> He's I gonna, can I, just the title alone. He's gonna and start. He's gonna just, end off with a dad. That's the word. That's where it ends. It goes that far. He, oh. he pushes. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll play a little bit before we. Uh, I'm not gonna play it on the show because maybe there's some actual, you know, Wheeler Walker Jr. Everybody, if you want to, it's good stuff. <laughs> oh man, I um yeah the country music, pop music. There, a lot of people have that issue between well, country should just be country and pop should be pop and then there's rock and roll and you know and, that's and, bs though yeah. i mean i think that that you know what that argument has been happening for years absolutely okay yeah, and yeah. nowadays people go like oh nine to five by a uh, dolly parton that's mm-hmm. a country song mm-hmm. well newsflash back in the day that was a pop song yep and uh islands in the stream was written by barry gibb uh there you go yeah another another pop that's song a, but nowadays they're like oh that's a country that's song two well, of the largest country artists at the time yeah right? i mean yeah Listen, as long as it's not like so 
left of center that you can't find a morsel of yeah. country in it, yeah. then yeah, okay, you know, like if um, I think a good example of that is um, um, nineteen eighty nine, the Taylor Swift album. Mm-hmm. She, I think she knew that this was not a country record at all. Mm. She didn't try and push it as a country record. She didn't try and force the the place where she crea- created her yeah. fan base and the radio stations and the genre as a whole. She never forced them to say like, hey, this is a country record or you should still play this because I was a country artist at one point. Mm-hmm. I think she came out saying like, no, this is not a country record. This is an album I want to make that sounds nothing like that. And she you know, didn't try and fool people into playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and rightfully so. I mean, if you listen to it, there's it's a pop record 200%. It's very well put together, um, by the way, too. Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic yeah. album. If anybody can find something wrong with that album, then you don't like music. Because there's so much music in that album. And I'm like, I'm I not think a if fan. you find something wrong with the album, you just, you're one of those people that don't want to like something just because you don't want to like it. It's the, yeah. Or, or, to that defense, they just don't like that genre. It's not mm-hmm. their. It's not their musical, mm-hmm. you know, taste. Now no. there are there are there are things that I can say that aren't my musical taste, but I can listen to them and still go like, yeah, man, sounds it sounds like something that's probably hit worthy. It's just not my. Yep. You know, not not gonna be scrolling through on on my uh, on my iPod. Sure. My whole my whole outlook on music is if you can find good parts, whether it's. Regardless, whatever the message or whatever the message that's being sent that's just positive, and you can find the good stuff in it, then you're halfway to understanding things about life. That, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like ta- Taylor Swift album. I never bought the album. But I never bought Dookie either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, but I like Green Day from, you know, the late, early 90s. Yeah. But that doesn't make, that doesn't change the fact that I can find good stuff in that band and i can find good stuff in her music and i can appreciate what's the good my my dad always says there's two types of music good music and bad music (laughs) that's it good music and there's bad music you don't have to you don't have to love it you don't have to but you but you can't sit there and deny the fact that it's you know good music if it's good music yeah if you're in a, you, you're writing songs that it's you're crossing boundaries with your songwriting and you, like you said you went down the Nashville road thirty songs what, how many days? Oh, uh, I've been down. I was down there within the last uh, three months. I've been down there three times and I've written, uh, yeah, just just over thirty songs. And then I've written a couple since I've been home. And uh, can you can you mention the fact the the. Uh yeah, I mean I, I I can mention that I have you know this song I wrote in one of those trips that's on hold with Little Big Town and yeah. that's that's awesome. I mean, yeah. would uh, got, knock on any piece of wood in my house right now that it, that they would cut it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's there what's, what's uh what's that song Nashville by Charles Kelly say? If it ain't if it ain't a single, it don't mean nothing. <laughs> so I mean like yeah, I'd, I'd love it to be cut and I'd love it to be a single and then I would love to sit back and watch a paycheck come in because it'd be awesome it's it's not just that it's the fact that it solidifies that you could now do you know what people dream to do and that's you have a little yeah. bit of stretching arm power to go right with the people you want to write with it it doesn't it doesn't just say i'm gonna get some accolades or money it's just yeah. means i can now do whatever i want and that's yeah. huge with music right like and i think that the, the cut we have with uh that man and i wrote with cree harrison 
um, oh, that's and, ben, and Benji Davis yeah, called yeah. this old thing. Um, you know, hopefully that that does something because I mean it's such a such a great old school vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, if I wasn't involved with it, I still would think it was, think it was a great song. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think you get those every once in a while where you're like, you know, I'm just kind of honored and to be part of that that creative process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that's uh it gives you it gives you like you said a lot of you know leeway and it gives you um kind of the accolades and things to kind of mm-hmm. and to stand up on. yeah i mean definitely i mean i uh i feel like i'm confident in my in my songwriting abilities uh it's like you know you just need to find you need to find people who want to cut the music that you that you write because yeah i am an artist and i am in a band called small town pistols and i think that's it's kind of in the songwriting world. It's a little bit of a blessing and it's a little bit of a curse. Okay. So in the songwriting world, there's going to be people that go, well, you wrote this song and sure, the song sounds great, but you're in a band. Why did you not cut that song? Mm-hmm. And then it's not everything fits. Yep. Not everything fits. Yep. You know, it's, um, I've, I write songs all the time that I would never even consider recording myself. Just not something that, but it doesn't mean that I don't believe in the songs. It's just, it's not, um, it's not something that would work with what I want to say as an artist. We could also dig a little bit into that and say, maybe somebody could take that song and make it better, not just based on their singing ability, but the power that they have behind them. You can take a great song and make it amazing. Like yeah. we're not in the world of the Eagles anymore, where you can sit in a studio for five months and write "Take It Easy," and then that, that's the song that makes you, you now as a person can say, "I've written this song and I have a female's voice in mind," and then you can give it to that female, and then they turn it into a mega hit. Is that something that you could have done on your own? Not unless you got a sex change. That could happen. Uh, that could happen. Maybe. I could try. Well, I it'd be a little just... tough at home. Well, you know, it's gonna, you know, that's it's gonna take a lot of planning, it's Simon. Heavy now. I can't just do that. I just can't do that overnight. <laughs> well, see, you know, because that's the difference. You have to now transition. No, I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> the, the, no. the act of actually writing a song with someone else's voice in mind. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's. that's uh, I mean, it's fun sometimes. I mean, I write so much that the process for me kind of feels it's like going on a blind date when you've written when you write with somebody that you've never written with before Mm -hmm. in your life i mean it's it's so weird it's like are we gonna get together and things are gonna be amazing and they're just gonna vibe and everything's gonna be great and then sometimes you just sit in the room and you're like man this is going nowhere yeah let's get some absolutely get like (laughs) dude let's get let's go get a beer or something because i mean that's the only thing that might help this situation out there's other times you you sit there in a room with somebody for in an hour and a half you you know like boom you create you create a song that's That's incredible. Um, that's going to be that's, our show, man. That's what I love about songwriting. Yeah. That's what I love about songwriting. It's like three hours, you know, three to four hours, you come out and you have something that's there that was never there before. Mm-hmm. And the, the mind-blowing thing about it all is, yeah, sure, not every song is going to be a hit. Yeah. But can you imagine, like, just the concept of we sit here in a room and for three hours we create something and maybe what you created is going to change somebody's life mm. like words and music yeah 
you know, melody and lyric. They're going to they're going nice to ch- they're going to change somebody's yeah. life. Yeah. Um and or 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 may be remembered for for you know, decades. Yeah. That they, they, that's I mean, I think that's what excites me about songwriting. He's saying, I want to write I want to write something that somebody goes like even if they even if nobody ever and that's I, I don't I would never want to write anything to be like well, you know that song was written by Tyler Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be, it'd be great to be a household name sure. and have everybody go like, "Oh, I want to write with Tyler Wilkinson mm-hmm. because of his style of doing things." But that's the kind of cool thing is being a songwriter. It's like you could write something that nobody knows that you did that, mm-hmm. but they know what you created. Yeah, and it's they like have a feeling they feel that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 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 crazy. I mean, I've we've done it already on smaller levels with um things like "Can't Wait to Meet You," trip, um, and "Colorblind" and "Living on the Outside" with Small Town Pistols. Um, my dad did it with Twenty Six Cents, and it's like, man, and, and and other songs of of his that he's written that have been hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just crazy, man. Like four hours in yeah. a room. That's going to be that Could, show we were talking about, remember? Yeah. Yeah. I would love, I mean, I think it would be amazing to get together and do, you know, the process. Yeah. Live. Real, and, not that Nashville, sh- not that show, not that reality show shit where it's like, you know, you're showing, you're scripting it a little bit. This is no, fly no, no, on the this, wall shit. This is going to be great. Yeah. I mean, the, like a fly on the wall in a writing session would be really, really cool. And maybe even educational because, I mean, if there's any songwriters out there that don't really it's know. inspiring what what the process is i mean mm-hmm. maybe they're gonna sit there and go like oh okay it's okay to do this or it's not okay to do do yeah. this yeah um yeah i mean i think it'd be really really fun we should yeah. definitely get that thing going well hopefully it's happening this is for those at home i'm I'm trying to develop a, a show either a youtube show or an actual show to pitch to people who put out tv shows and it basically is putting two strangers in a room who write songs and they, the rules are it needs to be written and recorded in two days it needs to be like enough time for so the person working on it isn't like holy shit this is going to take me what it's a, yeah. one day and then another day of actually recording it so it's going to be like whoever it could take three hours to write it might take all day and the joy of it too is maybe nothing will happen you know that'll be the exciting part too like we got nothing we tried you know and uh i mean i think that's a side of it that people need to see because <laughs> like i said to you before it's it's like blind date mm-hmm. you know sometimes you get together with people and like Man, I I wrote with one guy one time, and I'm not even gonna describe the scenario because you might hear this and get offended. <laughs> but he, uh, me and another guy were writing with him, and he basically said, "Well, that's not how we do it in Nashville. That's mm-hmm. not." And every time we turned around, that's not how we do it in Nashville. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Shut, shut that off for a second, man. Shut it off. Just listen. Use your ears." Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's probably a lot of brilliant music out there that didn't happen with the with this formulaic mm-hmm. process, um, and and like I said, I am not against I'm not against that at all. Mm-mm. I I like that. I like the challenge of going like, you know, hey, there's a pitch sheet, okay? So Carrie Underwood is is cutting right now. So is you know this band, this band, and this band. Which one of those are we gonna write for today? But I don't want to do that every single day. No, because I feel like music is something that speaks to my heart, it speaks to my soul. So if I have to write, nobody, nobody fell, nobody fell in love because of a script. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's the delivery. You know, nobody, nobody, um, 
did no magic never happened because of a, an exact you know um recipe and and and, yeah. and and that's and that's how i feel sometimes i'm like maybe 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 yeah mm-hmm. the magic will come from kind of following that sure formula well, that recipe there is the abacab version of writing songs hence the genesis album but the idea that you are delivering a message and i always equate it to making a good pasta meal Sometimes you make it and it's just, I can't believe how good this tastes. What happened? Yeah. I'm making it the same way I made it before, but now it's this delicious, I don't know what happened and why this yeah. tastes so good. And I'll never be able to, maybe I will, I'll re- create something that's kind of like it. It'll be red. Yeah. You know, but it won't be this delicious thing that I just made today. Like how many times have you written this, come in, written a song, like you say, in two hours and it's been the best song you ever written. You think so inspired. And then the next day you write some of the shit. But the reason is you need to write the shit to get to the good, right? Because you got to keep your head kind of filtered and moving the shit through it so it's well, done. Well, it's writing. It's like a muscle, too. You got to yeah, keep, yeah. you got to use it or lose it, man. Yeah. So um, I think that, I think that's important. But I mean, I just feel like with me, when I sit down to try and write a song with anyone, they always say, well, what type of song do you want to write today? I want to write a friggin' hit, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a joke, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to sit there and write something that speaks to me. Now, I'm listen. I went down to Nashville and I wrote songs that sounded very, very bro country, mm-hmm. and I still felt very, very good about them because I mean, they may have been my own spin on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I leave it and feel like. I, I didn't really mail anything in. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm good with any song. I mean, like I've written the you know the simplest of pop music, um, to you know the deepest maybe heart wrenching songs that I you know try and write. As long as I walk away from all of them going, you know what, I did my best to stay within the realm of what where I was. Mm-hmm. You know, you're writing a pop song, you can't say, mm-hmm. you know. Simon and Garfunkel poetic things because that's not what that's about. No, you know if you're if you're a 14 year old girl and you're listening to Five Seconds of Summer or you're listening to One Direction, which, which I'm fans of both because I understand it. I understand where it where it is where it coming from and what where it fits. Yeah. Um, if I start saying the things that I write in, you know, maybe a ballad that's you know very poetic and about love and whatnot. If I start writing those things in in that formula of song. It's gonna feel, you know, left-footed. It's not gonna fit. Mm-hmm. But also the same thing too. From writing a love song that's supposed to be beautiful and poetic, and you just start, you know, saying the simplest of lines, that also is going to be a little bit, you know, um, a little bit. I what's the word? Ingenuous. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? I know. Did I just make right. up? Did I just I make up a word? Maybe. No. I know. No, I, 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 <laughs> but my idea is, it's not the words you say. It's the message, and the message is like now that Bieber has baby, 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 it ruins my 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 comparison. But you can say baby, baby a hundred times if you really mean that. I'm okay with it. You don't need to say anything. Like I want to hold your hand. Like, yeah. What are you saying? You're just you're saying I want to hold your hand. You know what I mean? Like. But it's also not so much just that. It speaks it's, though. It's what surrounds that. Yeah, it's the message. Because right? you can say. You know, it's even other other things like, uh, what's another Beatles song? Like, um, all you need is love. I give you all my love. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
you and know, I love like, her. and I love her. Yeah. Like the 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 hook in the song is so simple, mm-hmm. but the things surrounding it are actually really really beautiful and yeah. poetic. Yeah. And that's I think that's where you can get away with that yeah. is saying like everything around it is 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 beautiful. We don't need to have a beautiful you know don't, poetic. Yeah. Hook. It's so it's so because it's, it's it's honest that the message is received not from the words but from the, the feeling of how the song's being delivered. This is another thing that gets a little bit beyond like the words, you know, because the yeah. words you can have the words, but how they fit together and the message that it creates and the imagery and what people all start thinking, you can't make that up. You think it and you put it on page and then you put it on tape and people make their own assumptions. And if they yeah. think what you're what you're trying to convey, then that's the message, yeah. right? You know, I, like, and I love her, and in my life, and all these great Beatles songs, they're very simply written. There's some difficult chords in there, but they're written in a way that you're just you're talking to teenagers, and teenagers are going, "Oh, I can associate myself with that," you know, and they're yeah. getting more to it. And then as it went on, and we're looking at this great picture, the the Abbey Road. I think Dean Amanda did this. Right? Am- Amanda painted. Um, when we moved into the the log how the log home that we had for the TV show, I mm-hmm. um, my bed didn't have any type of headboard at all, <laughs> and, she, and I was trying to think what do I want. I was like, oh, I want a painting, but I wanted like a weird posterized yeah, version yeah. of the cover of of Abbey, Abbey Road, Road because um, I flip flop back and forth <laughs> between Abbey Road and the White Album about which ones are my favorite Beatle, Beatles album. Yeah, I love that we're talking about the Beatles right now because they're literally um, my. Uh, my, they're my favorite band ever. I think, man, you look at like Lennon and McCartney. They yeah. they were they were brilliant alone, but yeah. they never were as good as the sum of the two parts. Absolutely. You know, yeah. um, yeah. I just was I just was in New York. Uh, Aaron, my wife, she she surprised me and took me out for uh took me to New York for a couple of days for an early birthday, oh, oh, yeah. and uh and I got to go to uh, Strawberry Fields and and you, you know, saw the Dakota. It was under construction, man. Get I didn't out of here, see really? much. It was tarped up, and there was there was you know scaffolding, and I was like, well, the, that underneath that very ugly facade is the Dakota that I would yep. love to see. But we got to walk through Strawberry Fields and see the Imagine Mosaic, and uh, man, that's just a uh, how heavy is that, huh? It's a it's a weird. It was a weird feeling for me, man. Um, I I think it would be I think it would have been even um crazier if the Dakota was right there. I mean. I wasn't alive for, for that. But I, I mean, was. I uh, yeah. yeah, you're old. That's why. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the morning after I woke up and the, and hearing like all these Lennon songs and what happened. It was like a Monday morning. I think he died Sunday night. Um, and I, the fact that and the other thing is I think Yoko is just give, giving up the apartment at the Dakota. Like as of this year, last year. I think what's, I think what affects. I think what affects me and disturbs me, you know, about the whole John Lennon thing, um, and this is not to discredit, you know, the passing of maybe some recent people like like Prince, mm-hmm. um, or you know, Bowie. or Bowie, um, or Michael Bro. Jackson a couple of years ago, um, or Merle Haggard. It's like those people all, you know, um, Bowie, Tyler died, Wilkinson died. when he passed away, that was yeah, really hard. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> no, but I, you know those people got to, they 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 passed away be, because of either um, things that they did personally to them 
personally to themselves that was silly or or or, or something that was a sickness or an illness that they had or or just old age you know mm-hmm. that they had no con- that they really had no control over or it was their personal choice i mean it's a guy murdered john lennon for the for the silliest of reasons yeah can can you imagine? You know, we are looking at at a world where we still have somebody like Paul McCartney and mm-hmm. some of the m- amazing stuff that Paul McCartney is still doing. Could you imagine mm. what what it would be like if you know we still had Lennon? And weren't they even talking about getting back together and and recording again or at least touring uh, again yeah. uh, as the Beatles? A friend of mine said this like in the '90s. He said if the Beatles were still together, they would be doing electronical music. They'd be doing electric music. They'd be doing stuff stretching so far into modern music that they were doing it all the way up until they broke up. You know, Absolutely. Always like inventing new ways. I think, you know, first time I ever heard of this, like a real synthesizer or whatever being used in pop music was Beatles. You know, here comes the sun, you know, stuff like that. Even like some of the stuff that like George Martin and them did together. I mean, um, oh, is it in my life where they have that crazy sped up piano? Yeah. Like, like that, that stuff was, so far ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, shoot, I, it, it would be, I, 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 I hope that we live in one dimension. Like we're in a dimension and there's another, you know, dimension somewhere where there's still, where, where the Beatles are still making music. <laughs> yeah, and man, imagine. Uh, that I, I, that's the only thing I think if that's true, yeah. I really hope they figure out how to open up them little wormholes and yeah. let me on through yeah. because I'm going to go live in a dimension <laughs> where the Beatles are still alive and making music. How because, cool would that be? Yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, wow, that got heavy. It did. Whoa, man. We went heavy. <laughs> we got heavy there, man. I, um, no drugs have been consumed Not during this all. session. Well, you, it was your idea to smoke weed and look at the 3D printer. <laughs> yeah, let's all day, all day long, man. Just look at that thing go. The, thing about, the 3D printer takes seven hours to make something that's literally 20 centimeters by 10 centimeters. <laughs> you can sit there all day and watch this thing make Just something. I did. Eat. I mean, my wife like laughs at me because I had a flashlight and I had it looking because this. Now we're in the 3D printers, but I recently purchased the 3D printer, put the thing together, made it myself, and now I have this thing, and I'm boasting because I think you're kind of like, we have the same thought when it comes to like, whoa, this is neat. like Geekery. Geekery, yeah. Yeah. So I made a cube. The first thing I made was this little cube, and my daughter's like, can I have it? And I'm like, yes, you can. And it was the first thing I made. It's a fucking square. That's all it was. <laughs> so um, I watched the thing with a flashlight with the lights out so I could see it because I was my head was exploding. The reason is, and kind of all fits in the music, is that I made this in a computer and then it made it for me out of plastic like the step from there to there is like i'd be burned at the stake if i was like 200 years ago they'd kill me they'd think i was some sort of wizard because i created it out of like nowhere dude our life is consider is revolving around things that we'd be burned at the stake for could you imagine going back in time and having an iphone oh yeah and or, or something as simple as like recorded music yeah, listen to this. And listen you talk to, into it and you let them hear what you're oh, doing. Oh, uh, <laughs> he's a wizard. Kill him. Speaking spells. <laughs> speaking spells are like the stupidest thing in the world. It'll speak what you spell. Uh, and then still they would burn him. Uh, I was thinking even, even more simple. You know that little uh, uh, cow says. Yeah, yeah. Moo. With the little arrow. That, like, <laughs> where's the cow? Why is the cow in my tent? <laughs> Who is the charlatan of dark magic? Kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's the silliest of things. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it is magic. I created a time machine. I went back and died because of I brought the the stupidest invention (laughs) ever. But they thought I was they thought I was a wizard. But now when you get modern time, it's like everything's flying like waves. I'm gonna go now and just disappear. Like oh wow, they've really really advanced things today. Um, But I mean the thing about back to three D printing is now it's like remember fax machines. When you put a piece of paper and then it would yeah. take it and it would send it through the phone lines, through the ocean, and it would come out on the other side of the world. And that's where we're at now. It would take like an hour to get that sent through, like one page. Well, in 10 years from now, they're going to make the thing and it's going to be like, make me a sandwich. And the thing will like plop out a sandwich. It's a great sandwich. We just, I told it to make. But that's where we're going. We're going in that motion where we'll now be, never leave the house. It'd be like, TV. Give me a blur job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost. It's. I mean, obviously not there, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's to the point now where you can literally like just like sit in your living room with certain devices and just speak, and all of a sudden it all turns on, mm-hmm. and you're you know you're watching Netflix. Did you have the Hey Siri uh, glitch? Whenever, whenever your car would say something like it sounded like Siri, my my Siri would start like, "What do you want?" And it would, oh, because you have to yeah yeah, yeah kept music the plug on in. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Now it's fixed. Thanks, Good. Apple. Thanks, Apple, for fixing that. Because <laughs> it does. It is very confusing. You ever try to get two phones to talk to each other, Siri and Siri? No. It does. It kind of works because you got one. It's a bit, bit funky timing. But you can make it work. But we live in this great world now. I, I love the fact that, you know, I can record into an iPad. And we can chat. I was just looking down at your whole system here, and I was like, you know, that's what's crazy about this is we are, I mean, we're just tracking vocals mm-hmm. right now, but we could be doing so much more mm-hmm. with this little unit. Absolutely. Um, and, you can multi-track um, with it. For $11, you can buy the 32-channel multi-tracked version of it. For $11? For like 11 bucks. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy because um, I think with music, I mean, all this technology is good. Mm-hmm. But it's still nice to kind of go back and like look at the way things are done, or the way things were done. Mm-hmm. I think that's why, um, like Small Town Pistols, uh, our newest album is on vinyl, mm-hmm. and we recorded two tracks specifically for that record that were, um, live off the floor, mm-hmm. one take, just like they used to do it, two yeah. tape. Yeah. Um, I think that was important for us to kind of go and do that. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think. We it's something we've always wanted to do, but I think doing stuff like that and having the technology that we have here, you know, for for recording, mm-hmm. it's finding the balance between the two and you know appreciating all of it. Yeah, you know, I think we can still make music that um still feels natural mm-hmm. the way music was made. Yeah. Um, with the new technology, I think that basically involves doing things in an old school, you know, mm-hmm. fashion. Or don't rely on a tuner yeah. of your to tune your voice. Like every, I mean, yeah. so many people are like, oh, one take. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll tune it. Yeah, fix it later. Well, you know, how about you just do one take and not tune it, and then do another one. We'll, we'll, we'll do another <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. And you know, in the like the old school days, we'll maybe just splice them all together, yeah. or even just do one take. Sure. And get all that raw emotion. Boom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when you say raw emotion too, like dude, dude, someone needs to reinvent how music is recorded because we're kind of in a flux, right? Because we love you have your this is great let's do it to tape let's make it on vinyl even like jack white did one straight to vinyl did you see that yeah yeah Where yeah the world's in, fastest record yeah. made or whatever so that that is also you know that's taking it to the extreme 
but if someone invented a new way to make music where you smell smells and this is heady shit, but if you, <laughs> but if you, you smell what it was, you know what I mean? Like, I just made a fart, and then you're like, "Hey, I smell fart." Oh, and somehow wow. they can figure out like it's a record player that has a smellomatic on <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, or they did the movies. We have scratch and sniff, and it was like during these <laughs> Spy Kids movies, and it's smell vision. Oh, yeah. But I mean, if they could make a way where you could feel something just by what I don't know, this is weird stuff. But they could they can do things with science that we yeah. don't know yet, right? Remember they were trying to get the brown note? We were trying to get all the protesters off the hill by playing a certain tone, and they were trying to find this note that would make people want to shit their pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's not real, is it's it? It's real, yeah, yeah, CIA. It's like this thing, the brown note. You ever see it? it was on... Man, you'd think that they could have spent more their money somewhere mm. else doing more important like things. Like maybe talking to them and say, hey, guys, hey, hey, uh, hey. <laughs> got some weed down the road. Maybe you'd like to go to... <laughs> Hey, <laughs> instead of... <laughs> trying to find a note to make them shit their pants. <laughs> Guys, I think we should talk to them. Yeah. No, 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 no. We have millions of dollars and thousands of people working on this brown note. <laughs> Are you shitting your pants yet? Nope, not, not yet. Uh, not yet, but I do got I shit. Would, hey. It's working. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I just had a big lunch. Like, how, do they test, how do they test that out? How do they know it's actually the note and not just the person having that feeling uh, at that well, moment and needing think, to take a bell? With movement. ultrasound, they can actually eliminate things inside without actually cutting into you, so it's possible. They could uh, beam shit into you somehow, man, but it'd be great to make your bowel move where you got to poop. And then, like, the hippies are like, oh, you don't care. We smell like shit anyways, you know. And this, and this, <laughs> and this conversation has gone completely <laughs> sideways. It has. Oh, man. <laughs> I could talk to you all day, man. I, um, I, uh, I, <laughs> the, well, I mean, honestly, Small Town Pistols, what's happening, this, this, there's shows. We got, there's one in Winnipeg on the 17th, one on the 18th in Burlington. Burlington. And then calling what I believe is in August. No, July 22nd, I believe. Yes. Oh, is that a, that's a city show, right? Part of the town? We yes. Play for the it's, town of Collingwood? Uh, yeah, I think it's like an Elvis festival, which is really, really cool. I don't <laughs> think we've ever played a, an Elvis festival before. And everybody that I tell is like, what? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, listen, they're they're trying to get some new stuff happening. They're having like different yeah. bands that have nothing to do with Elvis yeah. play every single night yeah. of, of the festival. And, and I think that's cool. I mean... Bring bring in the new bring in the new people. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah we're sort of playing Collingwood uh, the twenty second, and then we're playing uh, the Rock and River Festival in Merritt, BC, mm-hmm. in July on the thirtieth. And something we're, in Little Current in like Manitoulin. We're, we're playing the Manitoulin Country Festival, which is really cool. I think we play. I think it's the Wilkinsons. We played the first year they ever oh, had wow. that festival yeah. going. So that's in August, and then we have another show in like December. Like I saw the, that. Yeah, like it's December. Cold. And I think. We just got an offer in. I don't know if it's if it's confirmed, but it's another July Ontario date. So, oh, okay, cool. Uh, we, I, I don't think we can say anything about that. Because as yet. a term manager, I always find that out like two months before. I never find out that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, really? Is this your show already? Oh, okay. Yeah. I um, well, you know, working for you guys is always fun. Uh, you you got a great band. You got a great group of people that work with you. There, you got some lifelong friends there. You have probably the smartest person I know as a guitar tech. Greg Bolton. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's he's like a, a lifesaver most days when it comes to playing uh, on the show. And that's what's one thing I think is really really cool about playing Ontario shows is uh, bass player Curtis Weeks, bass player for my mm-hmm. former rock band Motion Picture Ending, drummer Justin DeVries, former drummer for my rock band uh, Motion Picture Ending, and guitar tech <laughs> is is uh like I said Greg Bolton. Yeah. 
former guitar player for most yeah. picture inning. Uh, it's awesome. cool. It's like home. It's yeah. like old homeschool like yeah. week whenever we get together. Must it's feel really awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's true. The uh, and and Greg, his last gig was installing the PA system in Massey Hall. Like that was his. Yeah. It's like the guy, and he'd come into PA's. Like we'd be like, he he knows more about PA stuff. Like the waves and math that goes into it. And I like, just go like, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. I have no clue. I just want to make it sound good, like a big radio. That's my, <laughs> like a big stereo. That's, yeah. If I can hear the vocals in the middle and the, your guitar is a little bit over there, I'm I'm happy. I'm good. No, yeah. No. I mean, I, there's I, more to it than that, folks. It's si- very, very complicated stuff. This sound mixing thing. The science of it all it, it, oh, yeah. is is crazy. So yeah, I mean, we're doing a bunch of shows this this summer, and you know, it's it's gonna be great. I mean, I I think that's where I really find my my, my voice and my passion is mm-hmm. standing on stage playing shows. I mean, I think it's uh it's uh it's crazy. I mean, I wrote a song when we were. Um, when we were down in Nashville, not when I with my dad, not this past time I was down in April, but uh, the trip before, and we wrote it with Patricia Conroy, and the song's called Limelight. And um, you know, it's just I think obviously it's a not exactly about you know my life or anything like that, but I mean I think it describes like the feeling you get. I mean, when you perform on stage, which you have, mm-hmm. um. It's weird, man. It just does something to your to your soul, does something to your body, and I think you're. I mean, I think, in some form or fashion, I'm going to always play music somewhere. Um, it doesn't matter the level or height of it. Um, I'm addicted to it, and I'm addicted to the feeling that it gives me. And um, other than, other than you know the feeling I get from, you know, the love my children give me and the love my wife gives me, I. I there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Um, there really is nothing like it. So I wrote this song called Limelight, and it's, um, man, it's just basically about the person getting up on stage and some of the things that happen up there. That, but the, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. Like I said, I, I was playing a, um, <clears throat> I was playing a songwriter show uh, in Nashville, like the, the week that I wrote this song, and I said, you know, I've, I have been. I've gone from being nominated for Grammys to being told that I that I will never amount to anything mm-hmm. in this music industry. Nothing more than a background singer, and that's no offense to background singers because nope. they they are super talented. But when you come when you have that that spirit sure. and you and that drive in you to be something mm-hmm. more than that, um, man, you have somebody who's one of the most respected people in the music industry tell you that. Yeah. man, it rips it rips your soul out a little bit. And yep. thank goodness I had a, a supportive dad. And my sister was supportive. My mother was supportive. The people around me were that said, you know, that's, you know, that's bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. you are better than that. And I went out, you know, and even though at the time I didn't feel like I was, I went out and found out that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one thing people can tell you all they want, but until you go and figure it out yourself, yeah. uh, you're never going to realize that. So, it's, you know, I've went from being nominated from Grammy to having somebody tell me that. I've went from singing for 60,000 people you know, on, um, you know, I think it was July 1st, Independence Day, right? And to be singing for 600 people, mm-hmm. you know, or six people. Sure. And you, I've, I've seen all aspects of the music industry. And one thing that never changes is that once I get up there and I grab my guitar, mm-hmm. um, I'm taken away. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm somewhere else and I'm somebody else. And, um, 
that's what it does to me. Yeah. I have a, there's, there's a thing too about the North American music industry, which is so image based and it's so, I don't know what it's like in Europe now, but it's not like that there, but there's, there's a, there's a love of music here. That's different than the love of music. It's more image based in North America. So when someone tells like guy like me, Hey, you're getting on an age and you should probably lose 30 pounds. And then maybe, maybe you can write some songs and become successful. It's the same idea. It rips your soul out a little bit, and you think, "Well, why? Why? Why do I do this now?" You know what I mean? Like, why? Why you're telling me that I'm a failure before I've even started, and that doesn't help anything or anybody. But they're giving you essentially what the industry is telling them. It hurts. I mean, I hope anybody who's in the North American music industry is not offended by this, and I hope Adele's not offended by this. Mm-hmm. Um, Adele would never have gotten signed initially in America at all. No, no. I think Adele's beautiful. Yeah. But you know what? She's not. She's not Britney Spears. Mm-mm. She doesn't have that super fit body. Mm-mm. And you know what? She never would got would never would have gotten signed. No. In America. No. Never. Mm-hmm. But you know what? People in the UK. They love her. They, I mean, God, you can't deny that talent and that incredible voice and her songwriting ability and her playing ability. I mean, like, everybody knows her from, you know, her super heart-wrenching ballads, you know, Hello and, um, oh my God, um, Someone Like You. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows her from those type of songs. But if you go back to her first album, um, there's one song um, where she's just playing, it's just her playing bass and playing like all of these chord structures yeah. and different notes on bass and singing over top. I mean, she's super talented, but that all goes at the window if her image isn't there, you know, and that that's this sh- that's a shame because I mean like thank goodness that that, that over yeah. in Europe there's in the power. UK yeah. um there's people like her or Sam Smith where they're like undeniable mm-hmm. we're going to sign you we're going to re- we're going to make great records and we're going to release these records and you're going to become international successes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I think we. Sh- I mean, in the music industry, uh, I think image should be the last thing that we're really l- looking at. I mean, I think it's the music industry, and yeah, there are certain times where it's like, yeah, well, you know what? The, I mean, they're they are successful not because they're the most talented people in the world, but because they have a very very smart team around them mm-hmm. who have crafted um this brilliant marketing and advertising and strategy. I mean that. That, that that that's still a talent as sure. far as far as their team goes. Playing that game, yeah. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, I would like to see the most talented people yeah get up there and and, and be rise above everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's a pipe dream. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. But I mean, it's nice to see when it does happen. Yeah, someone burst my bubble about YouTube because I thought YouTube was this utopian thing where good shit was seen by people all the time. Because if it was good, it would just be shown. Because that was the sort of the invention of the viral video was basically YouTube, right? Yeah. And then and my whole my old thought process behind it is, well, you had cats hanging off trees and making silly mistakes, and that has 8 million views. Why? Well, that was the infancy of it. Now it's like dudes making up crazy vlogging and and like people are getting millions of followers based on their opinions so but then they're like no there's actually an agenda behind youtube as well and i'm like oh, yeah okay all right because it's all about content you always got to keep putting content out you know and i agree with that to an extent you got to make yourself known so i was always trying to feed in with you guys like let's make videos let's do this let's yeah. do, have you know funny things and i didn't say we didn't do it but i am saying there's four videos still sitting in private in your youtube that you could be <laughs> <laughs> thrown out there 
I just think that there's a, uh, it just needs to, you know, that's how you get yourself known is through that YouTube. But, you know, someone burst my bubble a little while ago about it and said, no, actually, there's, there's, a, there's a game to that, too. And one thing I find about maybe some of that, too, is like, man... You don't want to seem I, too I, desperate. I, as well, I know. Right? I know that there's like counters too. Like, like yeah. you literally can just put this app on. Oh yeah. Literally just rack rack. They killed up. the counter as of like three or four years ago. Oh really? Because I remember people like, yeah, we just put fifty thousand hits on our YouTube. I'm like, awesome. And then they found out that I think YouTube went and got the real numbers and then posted their real numbers. But I think that maybe there's a new way around it because there's always a there's way. There's always right? a way around. There's always it, man. a way around where someone can make something make it look way more like f- Twitter. You can buy Twitter followers. You can buy uh, Facebook followers. Oh yeah, totally. It's easy. It's seven bucks a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's... And you get this. Uh, Bobby McNaughton McNobody is like a follower on Twitter who has yeah. one friend, and that's you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but the uh, I you know I think we're in a nice age now where I think and I hope. And I think we're in a flux now where, where music is just on this verge of still a little bit of the old guard where it's radio and it's in its importance of video and, and, and just that presence. And I think we're going more into now where we like the person. We like the person that puts this record out and we want, that's the other side of it, where we like this band so much, we're going to go right to their website. We're going to buy their record because we like them. I think they're still really great grassroots Mm-hmm. side of the music industry where you do have a lot of um it's not about the mass production of anything it's about people finding something and going like holy this mm-hmm. is amazing like wheeler walker jr <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly like that it's got a song called fighting farting and fucking <laughs> <laughs> well that's definitely getting played on country <laughs> radio for sure he, he says i love country so much that i don't want him to play it on radio oh man well hey tyler i mean shit let's uh let's sign off because uh i think like i said we could do a part two we could yeah we could probably just let's do one when we actually play would do a show i know it's so tricky because it's so confusing how the world goes when we show up to a show we're in a whole different mode i get that part i think we should do one after a show after show i think we should do one then like after we get to get like 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 well, we usually have had a little bit of Jameson. Well, and... like a hotel jam party. I yeah. actually, there's a very funny video that will never see the light of day, but it's, you, we're just hanging out in a hotel and singing Disney songs. Yeah. And I, like I videotaped it and I, I threatened so many times. I should put this up because it's so beautiful. And there's this <laughs> one stranger from, from the show who's watching us go down. Remember how I wanted to sort of go into her voice Z- and make everything behind echoey. And then it's her voice going, this is nothing like you know what I mean. <laughs> What's happening here what right is now? Going on? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. So let's yeah, let's do one after the show because that's right. Because we can we can show a different side of the band because you guys are so much fun to hang out with and it's always a joy working and with you fucks and all that stuff. And uh, absolutely. All right, let's cheers. Let's do it. Cheers, Mike. Cheers. Oh, do you hear this? <laughs> <laughs> With the patented microphone cheers ending. I think the first one I did that one was with Justin Small. The mic cheers, but I didn't have the little foamy things like I have now on these. Like, I'm not a was just pro as I am now. Yeah, I was super, I was, I was kind of pro, but I'm, I'm even more pro now. Reaching further out into Ontario to find people to talk to. Everybody, don't forget about 
audibletrial.com slash That's a place for you to go click on and get a free audiobook with uh, over a million episodes, <laughs> a million titles to choose from. Actually, there's 180,000. You can get it for anything. iPhone, Android, Kindle. Only says MP3 player. It's ridiculous. It's not an MP3 player. They're all MP3 players. It's, re- it's weird. Maybe like one of those guys that gets that thing they got at the truck stop. It's a plays MP3s off my youth bay. It's an MP3 player. Whatever. Go download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash Don't forget to click on the Amazon links located at the Apolog.ca homepage. Click on those banners, bookmark the banners, support the show, shop away, and every time you shop, use those bookmarks. Okay? Patreon.com slash Apolog is a place to sponsor the show. You can pledge as much as you want. Monthly basis helps gas fees, cancel the time. Thank you guys, Michael, Curtis, and Mark, for supporting the show. Insight Recorders, don't forget, if you're in a band and you want download codes, you contact me at insightrecorders.com. I think it's info at insightrecorders.com. I think regardless. Just go to Insight Recorders and go contact me. Catch up page. Presently, I got a few bands on there. I got, well, I got my band, Foursquare, but also I got a band called Rules. Rules is just exactly what it is. They rule. Uh, Actually, Ben's coming on the show in a couple of weeks, so you'll be able to hear what Rules is all about. Uh, So, applelog.ca slash shop is a place to purchase stuff as well. Pre order the new acoustic album, buy a t shirt, or buy whole Foursquare discography for 20 bucks. Don't forget about Facebook. Facebook.com slash Pod. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Who do I got next week? Next week I have KJ Jansen and Daryl Fine. It's a real short one, by the way. It's only about a half an hour long. So that's this one made up for that. So it's a short one. I went down to the bovine. It got weird. It was a little weird. But, you know... I'm not going to get too much into it, but the only reason I do this show is to talk to people. And when people don't want to talk, then it turns into a short interview. <laughs> That's the way it is. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks so much for everybody for really giving me a lot of feedback last week. Thank you so much. Bye.